the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls. Over the last few years, I have built a business that allowed me to quit my nine to five, spend more time with the ones that I love and live my best life. Now I'm sharing everything I learned along the way with you. Each week, my guests and I will share actionable tips, tangible advice, and honest conversations to help you build your dream business. So get ready to take notes and put in the work because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of the Girl Means Business podcast. We are on our second week of the new year and I hope it's going really well for you so far. You're probably getting back into the swing of things after the crazy holidays. I know for me, it was two weeks of just relaxing with my family and friends, and now it's time to hit the ground running. So this month, we are focusing on a series called Healthy Habits. One of the things I wanted to do moving forward with this podcast was focus more on episode series. So groups of episodes that focus on one specific topic and then break that topic down into smaller pieces or parts of the larger topic. So for January, I thought it was fitting that we would talk about healthy habits. This could mean personally or professionally. So last week on the podcast, we talked about creating smart goals, creating goals within your business that you are going to achieve in this new year, which is obviously a really great healthy habit to have in your business throughout the entire year, not just in January. Today, we're going to be looking at seven healthy habits of successful entrepreneurs. So these are seven things that entrepreneurs do that help them and their businesses become successful. Now, some of these things are going to be business related, but there are a few that have some crossover into our personal lives because I fully believe that you don't separate your business from your personal life completely, especially as an entrepreneur. Our business and our personal lives are completely intermingled. We are constantly crossing those lines back and forth. So it makes sense that when you are talking about healthy habits, the, some of the habits you have in your personal life are going to cross over into your business life and vice versa. All right, guys, so I'm not going to keep you waiting very long. I want to dive right into our seven healthy habits of successful entrepreneurs. So we'll start with number seven. Number seven is a phrase that I heard a while ago, and I cannot remember for the life of me where I heard it, but I think I've said it on this podcast before, and that is you need to focus on only doing the things that only you can do in your business. So let me break down a little bit of what that means. And I'm going to say it again to kind of give you a little bit slower listen to it because it takes a second to let it sink in. Focus on only doing the things that only you can do in your business. This kind of pertains to personal life as well, but we're going to focus on the business side for this one. I heard this and it really resonated with me because I know for me, especially and a lot of you listening, you feel the same way. You're wearing a lot of different hats in your business. You know, you're not just the creator. You're not just the artist. You're not just the owner. You're also an accountant and a lawyer and all the things that have to go into your business. You're doing everything. You're a marketing person, a PR person, a social media manager, um, a client manager, an assistant. I mean, all those jobs rolled into one. And sometimes it can start to feel really overwhelming. And so one of the habits I've noticed that a lot of successful entrepreneurs have is that they delegate tasks. You know, I've said in an episode before, I don't like the word outsourcing. To me, the word outsource sounds like I'm sending my job and my company and my work to a third world country. And while I know that's not what that means necessarily, to me, outsourcing just has sort of this negative connotation when I hear someone talk about it. So I like the word delegate or creating a team. You know, one of the visions I have for my business is that I don't want it to be a one-man show forever. I want to create a team. I want to create a brand of people who are all working together collectively, pulling in their strengths and bringing in the things that they're really good at to bring to life this vision that I have. And so for me, that means that I'm looking into how can I take the skills that only I can do And how can I delegate the rest? So for example, in my photography business, I'm the only one who can do the shooting, in my opinion. Now, I know there are photographers out there who have associate photographers, but for my brand and what I do with like my boudoir and my weddings, I want to be the person that they are working with closely, camera in hand. 
but there are things within my business that I am not the only person who can do those jobs. One being editing. I've never been a huge fan of editing. It's not where my strength lies. I am creative behind the camera with the vision and the design and all the things that go into creating a beautiful image. And when it comes to editing to those images, I will delegate that to somebody else because I know that while I can be the one behind the camera, someone else can be the one perfecting those images for me. Now, obviously that takes time of finding the right person and the right style and the right fit, but to me, it's worth that investment to know that I'm able to spend more time doing the things that are only things I can do. In this podcast, I learned this lesson recently when I hired a VA. So I realized very quickly that there is a lot that goes into creating a podcast every single week. You know, beyond just recording these episodes, you have to make a show notes page, create a transcript, create graphics, post on social media, like the list goes on. And so in order to get all that done, I felt like I was spinning my wheels. And in some of those areas, I don't feel like that that's my 100% strength. So when it comes to my podcast, the thing that only I can do is record the episodes for you. All the other behind the scenes things, someone else who's really good at this, who is better at writing copy for emails and social media content, who's a really great graphic designer, someone who knows how to take a show notes page and really make it shine, that's their strength. And I'm going to let them run with it. And one of the struggles that I had when it came to delegating things in my business was letting go of control. How can I expect somebody else to care about my business as much as I do? How can I expect somebody else to do as good of a job as I do or to present the vision that I see in my head? And what I had to realize is that while it may not always be exactly the way I would have done it, sometimes it's going to be better because somebody else can look at something from a really objective point of view, a disconnected point of view to some degree, and they can see it from a perspective that you can't always see when it's, when it's yours. And so being able to delegate some of these tasks to other people has been a huge lifesaver. And I know that a lot of the really successful entrepreneurs out there, they have teams of people they have built around them, whether it's three people, 30 people, or 300 people that are doing things daily to move their business forward. You are only one person, and there's only so much you can do as just one person. When you bring in other people onto your team that you value and you trust and you give a little bit of control over to, then you're going to start to see a huge improvement in your business, and you're going to see that that needle moving in the right direction. Okay, so that was number seven. Focus on doing only the things that only you can do. So number six is invest in yourself. This is something a lot of entrepreneurs don't always do early on in their business. They put a lot of money into things like websites, marketing, equipment, products, all the things that are good for a business, but sometimes you need to invest in yourself. And investing in yourself might mean investing in your education, investing in learning something new about your industry or keeping up to date with the latest trends in your industry. It also might mean in investing in yourself to allow yourself to take breaks. Maybe it's to read a really good book and maybe that book is a marketing book or a business book, or maybe it's just a romance novel or a mystery novel to get your mind off of things. It also means taking time to step away from your business Now, when I say that, I don't mean step away for months at a time, but disconnect for a weekend, a week, a couple of days to go on vacation with your family, or just to hide out in your house and do nothing. Guys, that time in investing in yourself will come back tenfold because if you are burned out, if you are tired, if you are not giving 100% to your business, your business is going to suffer because of it. So when you take time to invest in yourself, to step away for a few minutes, to give yourself a break, allow yourself some rest, and focus on learning something new, focus on educating yourself on the latest trends or the latest marketing strategies or the latest social media platform, whatever applies to your business, either way, you're going to come back refreshed, invigorated, excited about your job again. And when that happens, great things are going to happen in your business. 
You know, I follow a lot of successful entrepreneurs. And one of the things I've started noticing on their social media feeds and in their email accounts is they talk a lot about rest and recharge and resetting themselves. They're not afraid to step away for a minute to take care of themselves, to mentally rest and refresh and come back ready to hit the ground running. Now, this kind of ties into number seven, which was to delegate, because when you are running your business by yourself as a one-man show, you stop running and your business stops running, and that's exhausting. But when you have a team of people that are in place to help keep your business moving forward, or when you have systems in place to keep your business moving forward so that you can take a couple days off, you can take an afternoon, you can spend a vacation with your family, And knowing that your business isn't stopping because you're stopping, that is when you know you've hit the point where your business is going to take off. If you're constantly spinning on the hamster wheel and you feel like the second you stop or get off, your business stops as well, it's time to start looking at what are some things you can do to put in place in your business so that your business keeps spinning even if you step off the wheel for a few minutes. Now, obviously, you're an integral part of your business and you have to be there to help keep that wheel moving, but you need to be able to step away for short periods of time, rest, recharge, and come back ready to get back on that wheel and keep running again. Okay, number five is knowing when to pivot. And I can't help but say that word and think of the Friends episode where they're yelling pivot on the stairs, but just move past that. So you need to know when to pivot in your business. If you look at entrepreneurs who are super successful or you listen to interviews with them, a lot of them will tell you their business looked completely different when they first started than where it is now. And I think it's really important to know that things are going to change. Things are going to ebb and flow. You have to kind of ride out the waves of your business. And if you are too rigid on what you think your business should be or how it should look, and you're not willing to bend and move and change and evolve as your business does, then you're going to break and your business is going to fall apart. But if you're willing to open yourself up to whatever comes your way and say, okay, I, this is the vision that I have, but if something changes, if something comes along, if something knocks me off course and I have to redirect myself, or I see a path that looks like I didn't even expect it to happen, but it's a really great opportunity. I'm going to be open to taking that opportunity. You never know what the future holds. And if you are so stuck on a specific vision of what your business should be, you're never going to obtain that because you are blocking out opportunities left and right. So be open, be willing to change, be willing to grow as your business grows and meet the needs of what your clients want, of what the people working on your team are saying are working and not working and look at the trends, look at the data, look at all the things that are feeding into your business, telling you which direction to go. So make sure you're open to anything and everything that comes your way. Now, side note to that, that doesn't mean that you need to take in everything that comes your way. Some things are going to come, they're just going to be a distraction. You need to also be able to know when to differentiate between the things that are opportunities and the things that are distractions. And a lot of that comes from just learning over time, from instinct or intuition, and also having a support system around you that can help guide you when you have questions, when you're not sure which direction to go. Someone else that has been on your path or that is on your path currently might be able to say, you know what? that's a really amazing opportunity. You should take it. Or to say, you know what? That doesn't sound like something that's going to really make you happy. Or that doesn't sound like something that's really going to be in line with what your business stands for. So having that outside source, it can be a really helpful tool to keep you on the right path. Because while you want to be able to grow and pivot and change with your business, you also want to be smart and you want to make sure you're making choices that are the best for your business. Okay, number four. Number four is endurance. When I think about my business, I think of it like running a long distance race. And in order to run a long distance race, you have to have endurance. So years and years ago, I decided I was going to run a half marathon. And at this point, I have never been a real runner. I had run some 5Ks. I had run a little bit on the treadmill at the gym, a couple miles here and there, but I was not a long distance runner. I never had dreams of doing marathons or half marathons, 
but I had a friend that said, Hey, I'm going to do this half marathon. Will you do it with me? And I remember the training process and the fact that like you had to get up every single day and run whether you wanted to, whether you felt like it, whether the weather was great or not, you were outside running. You were doing something to get closer to that end goal. And that's how I look at my business. That endurance is the ability to get up every single day and do something in your business. I was recently interviewed for another podcast and the question that was asked was, what does the word hustle mean to you? And in my opinion, I don't love the word hustle, so I replace it with endurance because to me, hustle and endurance mean that you are doing something every day to move your business forward. Even on the days when you're exhausted or you're tired or you'd rather just lay on the couch and watch Netflix and eat popcorn. I get it. I have those days too. But I make myself get up and I go into my office and I close the door and I have no distractions, no TV, no nothing. And I get the work done. And by the time I finish doing the work, I feel so much better. I feel accomplished and excited and like I've done something that day. And so make a point every single day to do something that moves your business forward. And a little side note here. I know that you keep hearing me say, move your business forward, things that move your business forward. But I want to make sure I clarify this because I say this a lot and it's because I see this a lot when I work with entrepreneurs. I see people telling me, oh, I'm putting in all this work. I'm doing all of these things and nothing's happening. But when we really get down to the nitty gritty of what it is that they're doing, it's things that are not really moving their business in the direction that they need to be going. So it's things like, well, I'm redoing my website and creating images, or I'm, I'm setting up styled shoots for this new venue that's opening, or I'm watching YouTube videos on how to use this equipment or do this new tutorial on this new makeup style or hairstyle. And while those are all things that are really great and you need to add those into your business as well, if you're spending the majority of your time doing things that are not getting you clients then you need to readjust your focus and spend more time on the things that are bringing in clients. Because while that styled shoot that you're going to go to and take gorgeous pictures of might be really amazing, is it really going to bring in more clients? While those YouTube videos you're watching on the latest makeup tutorials are really great, if you don't have clients to do them on, then how does that benefit your business? So when I say make sure you're doing things that move your business forward, You need to be focusing on the tasks that are going to get you more clients. And then the more clients you have, the more things you can try and the more creative you can get with the things that you do and spend your time on, but don't spend all of your time on things that aren't going to get you clients. Don't spend your time on things that are not going to push your business in the direction you want it to go. So that's what I mean when I say things that move your business forward. Just make sure that you are keeping track of the things you're doing in your daily business Because there's a lot of times that we get caught up in, oh, well, I was working for four hours, but when you really look back at what you were doing, three of those four hours were spent on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube videos or scrolling through a website somewhere mindlessly. And I had to do this exercise with a mentor one time where she literally had me track everything I did in my business for an entire week. And she went through and she analyzed all the things that I said I was doing. And probably 60% of them were tasks that were not moving my business forward. And so if that's something that you think would help you is to sit down and look at what am I doing every single week for my business? Like really keep track of it. Don't just say, well, I worked for three hours. What did you do during those three hours? Did you spend 20 minutes on emails and then hop on Facebook for 20 minutes? Did you spend an hour scheduling social media posts, and then two hours scrolling through Instagram, you know, keep track of the things that you're doing to make sure the tasks that you're doing are really pushing your business in the right direction. Okay. Sorry. I went off on a little bit tangent there. So let's move on to number three, because the next three we're going to talk about, I think are some of the biggest habits and the best habits you can have in your business and your personal life. So number three is to get outside of your head. I know for me personally, I am someone who is very much in my own head. I work by myself 90% of the time, and I just sort of fester on things. 
And I was listening to an episode of Armchair Expert the other day, and they were interviewing the actress Carrie Russell. And she talked about how she is the type of person that processes things by herself. So when she has a big audition or something exciting happening in her life or, or nerve-wracking or whatever the case might be, something big, she likes to just go to dinner by herself or go for a hike or go for a run, something that's just alone and quiet so that she can process everything. And as I was listening to this, I realized I was like, oh, wow, like that's not how I process things at all. Like I'm so the opposite of that because anytime anything happens, the first thing I think of is who can I call to talk about this? Who can I call that's going to let me just get it out because I need to just get it out. For me as an entrepreneur, a lot of what I do is by myself. And so a lot of it is me talking to myself in my head and that's not always the best conversation to have. So getting outside of your head, getting outside of your little bubble of your office or your workspace, being around other people, having a support system, doing something that is going to give you that outlet is going to be a really great habit to have in your business. So one example is this last year, I started a business brunch. So once a month, about 10 of us get together and we talk about business and we have topics we go over and we share all the good things that are happening in our business and the struggles that we're having. And there have been some months where I didn't really want to go because I only have two days a week where my daughters are both in school. And those days are really valuable. That time is really valuable. And so to spend one of those days each month going to this brunch felt kind of frivolous. But every time I went, I left feeling so good. I was refreshed. I was excited. I didn't feel like I was stuck in my own head anymore. And I was always so appreciative of the fact that I had that group and that I was making the time to go and do something away from my laptop, away from my own thoughts and ideas, or even just to get those thoughts and ideas out there for somebody else to talk to me about. So having a support system, finding that networking group, having your business BFF that you can talk to, those are all things that are really, really great habits to have. I also think it's good to say here that Another way to really help get out of your head, or maybe if you're the type that likes to process things on your own, is to get out of your house. Go for a walk. Take your dog out for a walk. Go to the park with your kids. Go to the museum. Go to the gym. Whatever it might be. Just walk away for a little bit. Clear your mind. Find something that's active to do that gets your mind off of your work or lets you kind of work through the things in your head so that you're not just sitting here staring at your computer going, what am I doing? Because <laughs> we've all been there. We've all done that at some point. So healthy habit number three is to get out of your head, create a support system, do something active. Just make sure that all those ideas floating around your brain have somewhere to go so that they aren't just sitting there festering and driving you nuts. All right, number two. Number two healthy habit of successful entrepreneurs is knowing when to say no. Now, I got this one from Rachel Hollis, who is a big advocate on taking control of your own schedule. And every year she does an audit of her calendar and she sits down and she looks at all the things that she agreed to this past year, all the events that she went to, all the interviews that she did, the networking events or whatever it might be. And she looks back and she makes a decision of, was that something that was beneficial? Was it something I would want to do again? And if not, why? And she really is intentional about making sure that the things that she says yes to are a hell yes. And if not, then she says no. And I'm really working to implement that in my business and my personal life as well, especially my personal life, because I am a people pleaser and I tend to say yes to things even when I'm exhausted, even when it doesn't benefit me emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever it might be. And so really making sure that you are saying yes to the things you want to say yes to and no to the things that you're not. So for example, stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. 
Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. In your personal life, it's really hard for me in my personal life because I feel like this is saying no to people that I value and I care about, but I have a couple girlfriends who we make a point to try to see each other every couple weeks to go to brunch or dinner, happy hour, coffee, or whatever we can fit in between kids and schedules and school and husbands and whatnot. And this past month, with it being the holidays, we had a really hard time getting together. We were trying to squeeze it in, trying to squeeze it in. We finally picked like a weekday evening. I think it was the night before my daughters, both my girls had their Christmas parties at school the next day. I was worn out because we'd done holiday stuff all week and trying to prep and get things ready for their school stuff and holiday shopping and just all of that stuff was just, it was exhausting. And so we agreed we're going to go and have a glass of wine and just have appetizers and catch up. And the day of, I just knew I was just worn out and I knew that as much fun as it would be to go see her and to spend time with her, I mentally needed a break. I needed to decompress. I needed to be home. I needed to get things done. And it was just going to stress me out to have one more thing on my calendar to do, even though it's something that I knew that I would enjoy doing. So I called her and I said, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm exhausted. I want to see you. I want to spend time on our friendship. I want to make sure that we are, you know, taking care of our relationship. But right now I need to take care of me and I need to rest and I need to get ready for this craziness. It's going to be the next few days of our lives. And she totally understood. She said, you know what? I get it. I'm tired too. We've got a million things going on. You know, we were trying to force this get together. She says, let's just wait after the first of the year and we'll do like a whole dinner date night thing. And having that response just verified to me that saying no sometimes and protecting what my time is worth and what my energy is worth, my friends will understand that. The people who really care about me and value my relation, my friendship and relationships with them will understand that. And they're not going to be upset by it. And there are definitely times when I say yes to things that I don't necessarily want to do, but it's going to support somebody that has supported me and I want to be there for them. But there's also times when I've said no to things and felt guilty when that person completely understood. So I think we need to be more honest with our relationships and just say like, I'm really struggling right now and adding one more thing to my calendar is just not the healthy thing for me to do. And that's okay. Now in business, saying no is again a little tricky. It's a little, in my opinion, a little bit easier because it's usually working with somebody that I don't have that close of a relationship with right away. And so my go-to, for example, if I have a bride or a photography client that reaches out to me and says, you know, we want to book this date or we're looking for this or this or this. And I just don't feel like it's a good fit or I'm already so booked for that month that I just know it's going to wear me out to add one more thing. I'll just say to them, I'll be like, you know what? I, I don't have space in my calendar right now. However, I do recommend these people for you to get in touch with. And so That is the easiest way to say no to something or no to a client is to say, you know what? I'm not available for you right now, but let me help you because I care about you and I value you. Let me guide you in the right direction. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to just say no and walk away. I'm going to say no, but here are some people you can reach out to. Most people are going to appreciate that and value that a lot. A perfect example of when I used this recently was a few weeks ago, I had a client reach out to me 
around the holidays and said, you know, we've got our two college age kids coming in. They're both going to be home for the holidays. We want to do a family session. Are you available on these dates? And I had done her daughter's senior photos. And so I had told her, you know, if you ever need anything to let me know, but it was over a weekend that was right before Christmas when we had family in town and we're hosting something at our house. And I just knew that I couldn't make it work. And I sent her an email. I said, you know, I am so excited for your kids to be home for the holidays. I know y'all are going to have a wonderful time with them. However, I have family in town that weekend as well. I'm not available. However, here are the names of five other photographers in your area that are amazing family photographers that you can reach out to. Let them know that I referred you and hopefully you can find somebody that will work with your schedule. And she was so appreciative. She emailed me back, told me, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. She told me that they had finally they'd reached out to one of the names I had sent them and had hired somebody to come do their family session. And it, you know, I don't think that it's going to ruin the fact that she'll come to me again if she ever needs something. But it was just an easy way of saying, instead of just flat out saying, no, I'm not available, I was able to give alternatives. So in your business, when you are deciding to say yes or no to something, I want you to really think about what is it going to benefit you and your business? I know that it's difficult sometimes when you're starting out to turn away clients that are paying clients because you're thinking, oh my gosh, but it's money. And that's great. And you do have to really work hard and you do have to kind of pay your dues and take on a lot of things that aren't always ideal in your business to bring in the income and to move your business forward. But as your business grows and as you start really focusing on your ideal client, I want you to also focus on saying yes to the things that are really good for your business. Because when you say yes to something, ultimately you're saying no to something else. You know, you think about when you book a client. So you book a client and let's say they're going to come see you on November 8th and you are now saying no to anybody else that wants that same date or time. And so you want to make sure that those people you're saying yes to are people that you really want to work with. The same thing goes with events. You know, it's really easy to say, well, I'm going to go to this event and that event and I'm going to sign up for this conference or this workshop or this networking thing or this coffee thing or this styled shoot or whatever it might be. But you want to make sure that you're picking and choosing the things that are really going to benefit your business the most because one, most of those require an investment of some kind. Two, they require an investment of your time and that's time away from your business and away from your family. And so you want to make sure you are really cherry picking those things carefully so that you're not just throwing yourself around and everywhere and then wearing yourself out. You know, I did an episode earlier this year about business burnout with Chelsea Foster. And one of the things that we talked about was the fact that if you are constantly go, 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 you're going to burn out really fast. And so in order to avoid that burnout, you want to make sure that you are being very intentional about the things that you are saying yes to in your business and the things that you're saying no to. And I will say this, the more you say no, the easier it gets. It's still going to be tough. And there's still going to be times when you feel guilty or you feel like you're missing out on something if you say no. But every time I've said no to something, something better has always come along. So that is the lesson I'm taking away from that is that when you are confident enough to say no in your business or no in your personal life, you're opening yourself up to really amazing things that can come your way. Okay, so number one is a big one. And this is something that I personally struggle with a lot, and I'm really working hard this year to master, and that is to plan and be organized. So those sound like two separate things, but in my opinion, they kind of go together. And I'll start with the organizational part because I am not the most organized person in the world. I love the idea of organization. I love the idea of Excel spreadsheets and tables and charts and documents and planners and notepads and calendars and all those things. The container store makes me very happy. But in reality, I have a hard time keeping the consistency of organization. So I have great intentions. I start off every year, every month, every quarter, and I'm, I'm going to get organized. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to lay it all out. I map everything out and I get it organized. And then three or four weeks in, I have not maintained it, and so it starts to fall apart. 
So one of my goals for 2020 is to make sure that I continually stay organized, that I stay on top of things. And so one thing that's helped me a lot with that, multiple things, but one in particular is my QuickBooks app. So QuickBooks app on my phone has been a lifesaver because two of the areas I really struggled to keep track of things was one, organizing my finances. So I could easily track my finances, but when it came time to actually categorize my finances, what I was spending money on, I would find myself every year at the end of the year having to go through hundreds of transactions and categorize them. And it was such a beating. And the second thing was my mileage. I'm terrible at tracking my miles because I might drive to Starbucks to meet with a client and not even think about that as being a work-related expense or mileage, and I wouldn't track it. I wouldn't write it down. And so again, I'd go to the end of the year and have to sit back and think, oh my gosh, okay, I have to go back through my calendar and figure out where did I go? How far was it? How many miles was that? You know, this and that. And so downloading the QuickBook app on my phone has been huge for my business because one, it allows me to quickly and easily pull up my transactions on my phone and I can swipe left or right to categorize them as business or personal if you need to do personal. And then if it's business, it allows me to choose from all of the tax appropriate topics or categories and figure out which one it fits into. So if I go to Starbucks and I buy a coffee for myself and my client, I can easily categorize that as meals. If I go order products for my clients, I can easily go into my QuickBooks app and I can swipe right or left, I guess, and (laughs) categorize that as products. It's super, super easy. Now, the mileage part's been really easy too because it literally is tracking the miles everywhere I go. It's constantly tracking the miles. So today I went and got my hair cut and I'm sitting in the, the hairdresser's seat as she's putting the color in my hair and I was there for a good hour and a half and I went through in about 20, 30 minutes, and I was able to categorize all of my miles for the past couple of weeks. So I was able to, again, swipe right or left, right for personal, left for business, and I could say, hey, every time you see me driving from this point to this point, that's me dropping my daughter off at school, that's going to automatically be personal, and it will learn that. It's the coolest thing, guys. It will learn where you go, and it will automatically categorize it as personal or business. So if you have your studio or an office space or whatever it is that you go work at, a shared workspace that you go work at on a regular basis, your app, the QuickBooks app will learn where you've gone and it will know automatically that's a business related mileage. It's the coolest thing. Technology blows my mind, but that's been a huge thing. And so I've been able to help like keep up to date on my transactions and my mileage so that now at the end of the year, when I'm recording this, I don't have to do anything it's done. It's ready to go. It's so amazing. So as a listener of of the Girl Means Business podcast, if you want to try QuickBooks for half off your first year, you can go to today's show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash GMB QuickBooks. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash GMB QuickBooks. Trust me, if you're not using it yet, it's going to completely like change the game for you. So that's one way that I have learn to get organized in my business. Another one obviously is HoneyBook. You've all heard me talk about HoneyBook as well. And that has been huge too, because it helps me organize all of my clients' information, all of my projects, my calendar. It color codes things for me. I know when someone inquires and I don't hear back from them, it puts them into a follow-up section so that I can easily go back and see who I need to follow up with. I can categorize my clients by project type. I can search for them by name. I can connect with other people within HoneyBook, other vendors. I can connect my hair and makeup person to a project. I mean, the list goes on and on. So that has also been really helpful in keeping me organized in my business. And again, I'll throw this in there. You do get half off of your first year with HoneyBook when you use the Girl Means Business code. So you go to bit.ly forward slash GMB HoneyBook, B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash GMB HoneyBook, and you'll get half off your first year. It is such a great platform for any business owner. All right. So besides getting organized, most of the successful entrepreneurs that I know and have heard or have learned from are sticklers for planning ahead. Now, this is something that I have not been the best at 
Um, I'm working on it and definitely going to be working on it this year. And honestly, this podcast has helped me to really learn to plan ahead because when I'm creating content every single week and I have to have interviews and episodes ready to go each week, it's really hard to do that in just one week. So I have to plan ahead. I have to have episodes recorded in advance and scheduled out ahead of time to have everything ready to go when it needs to be done. The other thing that's really helped for me is having a VA. So having somebody that is now helping me with all of the back-end podcast things, she has to have my episodes uploaded, or I have to have my episodes uploaded for her in order to do for her to do her job. And so it keeps me accountable. It keeps me moving forward ahead of schedule. It's also really fun, in my opinion, to sit down and look at the calendar and go, okay, I already know what I'm going to be doing for the next eight weeks of the podcast. I've already got these episodes done. I need to finish these episodes, get them uploaded, and then we're, we're just kind of hitting the easy life. Now, obviously, I'm always working ahead, so I'm still working on episodes, but it's fun to have it planned out ahead of, ahead of time. And I haven't always done that in my photography business because with my photography business, I was more likely just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. If an idea came in my mind, I would run with it. I would see if it worked or if it didn't work. The problem was, or is, When you do things like that, when you take an idea that comes to you and you just run with it, you don't always put in the effort needed to make it work properly. So here's an example. About a year and a half ago, I had the idea in my photography business to do a free engagement session giveaway. So I was going to go on Facebook. I was going to create an ad. I was going to offer free engagement sessions to the first X amount of people that signed up in the hopes that if I gave them a free session, they would then hire me for their wedding. So I ran an ad on Facebook, just quickly wrote something up, slapped a photo on there. I think I targeted just newly engaged people in my area and I sent it out into the world. I had a form they filled out and then I would pick, I think the first 15, I think that came through are the ones that I reached back out to and said, let's schedule your session. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Honestly, out of, I think the 12 that actually booked an engagement session with me, I only booked one wedding, just one, one out of 12. Now, looking back, I realized the mistakes that I made. I rushed in too quickly. I did not plan ahead. It was a poor time of year to do this. I think I was running this in the middle of the summer when that's not the biggest engagement season. It's not when a lot of people are wanting to do engagement sessions because it's ridiculously hot here in Texas. 
Two, I didn't put a whole lot of energy or effort into my copy, into the images, into the ad, the way the ad looked. Three, I did not focus on my targeting whatsoever. I did the most generic, basic targeting you could do for my ad. Engaged couples who were recently engaged in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay, that's so broad. With the capabilities that Facebook has, I can narrow that down so much more. But because I didn't plan ahead, I was just flying by the seat of my pants. I was not really focused on a plan. I was just kind of throwing darts at a target and seeing what landed. And unfortunately, in that case, not many landed. Now, once I learned my lesson, about eight months later, I decided to do a similar ad with my boudoir clients. I believe it was for Valentine's Day. And so I planned ahead. I created content on social media leading up to running the ad. I made sure that my ad had really strong copy, that the photo was really kind of scroll stopping type image. Um, I did two different ones. I did one was a video, one was a, a still image and did like a split test on that. I really focused in my target, my audience for that ad. And I booked about 10 spots from it, 10 clients. But the difference there was the planning aspect of it. I made a point to really sit down and figure out what my plan of action was instead of just shooting from the hip. And so that's something that I'm really working on in my business. And I know that all of the successful entrepreneurs are really good at planning ahead. They will have a calendar a marketing calendar mapped out for the whole year or for the quarter. Now, depending on your business, for me, I don't like to plan for a full year when it comes to content or marketing. I like to go by quarter because that gives me some flexibility to make changes if I need to at some point in the year. If I were to map out my whole year, I don't know what next fall is going to look like. I'm not there yet. And so I want to have the flexibility to go quarter by quarter, but I will sit down now and I'm going to sit down and do a quarter at a time, mapping out content and marketing plans and holidays and events coming up and my calendar of things I want to get done in the next couple of months. And then a couple months from now, I'll do the same thing for the next quarter. The nice thing about that is, is that then even though I don't have all my sessions in place necessarily, you never know when somebody's going to book a last minute shoot or you might have spots open, you're trying to fill last minute and that's fine. It does give me a foundation to start with. And so that's one of the biggest things I'm working on in this new year is really getting organized and planning ahead for my business so that I'm not just willy nilly picking strategies and seeing if they stick. So that is one of the biggest things I've seen really successful entrepreneurs doing that I want to emulate. I want to be more like that. And again, it kind of goes back to the whole delegating is having a team in place to help me be accountable or having a support system to help me be accountable. One of the things that I really would like to do is maybe even get a group of people together, a group of women together who want to sit down every quarter and map out their things together so that we can have a dedicated time to come together with our calendars and our laptops or whatever we need and look at what the next three months look like and get busy, get to work, get things down on paper. And so wherever you're listening to this, I encourage you to maybe do the same thing in your business. If you are not great at planning ahead maybe you're super organized, but you aren't a great planner, or maybe you love to plan, but you're not super organized or none of the above. I encourage you to make the time to do that because I really do think it's the number one thing that sets really successful entrepreneurs apart from the rest of us is that they are strategic about what they do in their business. They're not just flying by the seat of their pants. They're not just taking the next cool idea that comes along and running with it within two minutes. They are really focused and it also keeps them from being distracted from things along the way. Because if you think about it, if you have a plan in place, you're less likely to veer off that plan. You know, I think about in our household, we do weekly meal planning. And so we plan for about five, four to five meals a week to cook at home with some leeway for, you know, events and sporting things or whatever we have coming up on the weekends. But knowing that I have a meal planned for that night and the things I need to make that meal happen 
makes it so that I'm less likely to just go, hey, let's drive through McDonald's or to text my husband at 545 and say, hey, on your way home, can you pick up something for dinner? Because I have planned to have something ready and I have all the ingredients of the house that I need. And so when it comes to my business, that's what I want to do. I want to have a plan in place and all the ingredients I need to make that plan happen, ready to go on my business so that I'm not having to think about it. And I'm not getting distracted by all the shiny things. You know, we talked about shiny things syndrome. It's when there's so much going on around you. It's easy to scroll through Facebook and see, do this or try that or buy this or order that or create this. And having a plan in place and being organized and strategic helps me to not get sucked into those shiny things. Okay, guys, so those are the seven healthy habits of highly successful entrepreneurs. So I'm going to run through them real quickly again. Number seven, focus on the things that only you can do in your business. So focus on the things that you are really good at and then delegate the rest when you can. Number six, invest in yourself. Make sure you're taking time to rest and reset and educate and read and learn and get out of your own head a little bit. Number five, know when to pivot. Be willing to roll with the punches and go with the flow when it comes to your business. Be open to opportunities and open to change so that your business can grow into something that you didn't even imagine was possible. Number four is endurance. Again, thinking about that long distance run of every day getting up and training and doing something that's going to move you closer to that finish line, that's going to move you forward in your business. Number three was to get outside your own head, find a support system, do something active, do something to get away from your business for a little while to refresh and clear your mind and get everything out of your head so that you're not just letting it kind of sit and fester. Number two, get comfortable saying no. Be okay with cherry picking the things in your business that you want to do or the people you want to work with and learn how to say no without feeling guilty. And the number one thing, healthy habit for successful entrepreneurs is to be organized and plan ahead. Make sure that you have systems and teams in place to help you stay organized and then have a plan in place for your business so that you know the direction you're going and you don't get distracted by all the shiny things. All right, guys, that does it for our episode this week. I hope you have an amazing week and I hope you take some of these healthy habits and will implement them into your business so that you can start seeing some incredible improvements in the new year. All right, ladies, I will see you next week back here. Same time, same place. Have a great week. If you love today's episode, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you never miss when a new episode goes live. Then head over to iTunes and leave a quick review to let other people know just how much you loved it. Thanks, ladies. See you next week.